it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 124. Tonight, Andrew and I thought we would take a break from listener questions and maybe some of the other formats that we've talked about lately and talk a little bit about some current news. So for those of you out there living in a black hole of news, there was some big, big news in in the stock market uh, recently this week. And there were some news that a lot of the online brokers have dropped to zero fees. And Andrew and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So, Andrew, did you have some thoughts? I hear, I hear you taking in, take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Something hold me back, hold me back, yeah, hold me back. I th- I think it's like we're watching history being made, right? And for somebody like me, um, trying to encourage people to invest now, there's literally no excuse. Um, you had the emergence of Robinhood, and what made Robin what made everybody flock to Robin Hood was the fact that you could trade and there would be no commission fees. And this week just it was like dominoes and they just fell one after the other after the other. So I logged into my Ally account and saw this little message on the top that said, Hey, starting October 9th, we are not charging commission fees anymore. Uh Ally used to be a four ninety five per trade commission and now it's not. And then you know it I think it I think before that was what were we t- what were we saying it was like interactive brokers before that. Yep, yep. They were one of the first ones. Uh, Goldman Sachs was. Uh, I think those were one of the first two that that went that route. And then, like you said, the dominoes kind of started to fall. Schwab was the next really big one that kind of really shook up the, the the investing world. And then soon after that followed uh, TD Ameritrade and uh, E Trade. Fidelity too, right? Yeah, Fidelity. I think it just announced a day or two ago, and and Ally. I didn't see any news about Ally, but like Andrew, I I logged into my account. I saw this little notification from them, and it's like sweet. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's uh it's pretty exciting. So uh, I was doing a little bit of reading uh from about interactive brokers, and uh, for them, I I can't speak to other companies, but I'm going to guess it's very similar. For them, it's U.S. stock trades only. 
So if you're buying companies in the United States, it they're free. If you're buying com- companies outside of the United States, then it's not free. Um, but yeah, any any you want to buy Johnson and Johnson or you want to buy the newest cannabis stock, it's all no zero commissions, which was kind of nice. Same thing with Ally. I had you know I had to test it. I put some money in and then just <laughs> did a couple trades here and there. Yeah. So all the buys were absolutely free. That was yep. super cool. And the on a sell, there was like a two cent fee still that goes okay. to the SEC, but. I think I'll take two cents over four ninety five. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah, so uh, I remember. So for your one hundred and fifty dollar a month investment, then how much of a percent was that? Uh, uh, four ninety five. It was like three percent. Yeah, so that's gone now, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's that's an extra three percent you're going to make on every single buy every single month. That's, I mean, that's that's awesome, isn't it? Uh, you must. <laughs> You probably figure out what I was going to do this anyways, but I had to put that into a compound interest calculator before we started. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it wouldn't be so, you if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like not that much, $4.95, but compounded over 40 years at an average stock market return of 10% a year, that turns into $26,514. So, wow. yeah. The, those little three percents each month will really add up over time as it continues to compound on itself. Wow, that's amazing. That's 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 really cool. Yeah, that's 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 pretty exciting. So, um, what do you think? Uh, what, do you, what do you think triggered this? I, I think it, like you said, I think it was the Robin Hood, uh, the threat of Robin Hood. I think that's really what kind of broke it open and caused this to start happening. What are your thoughts? I think you've been doing a lot of research on, I think banks and the finance industry in general. Yeah, yeah. From what I, my very layman's understanding is, the money isn't necessarily made like for Robinhood. We we've talked about this in the past. The right. like, there's no such thing as a free lunch. They're not just going to give you free. Um, if you're getting these free commissions, then there's there's some other way you're paying for it, and so. It was kind of widely known that they would kind of skim off the bid and the ask. So don't ask me about like if I understand the technical details or if I can explain that. But essentially, you know, they're skimming off a little bit from what I sell, what you sell, what what I buy, what you buy. And then right. that's kind of how they make their profits. But, you know, some of the so that was like their competitive advantage. But big other companies like Schwab or Fidelity. They're not so much, from my, again, layman's understanding, it's not the commission trades that make up a big part of the revenue. It's more of the fact that it's not a gateway, but it's like a um, a way to secure a customer and then not upsell them, but have other kind of services that run parallel where the company now makes a lot more profits on that. Is that yep. somewhere in the ballpark? Yeah, that's exactly in the ballpark. Uh, you're you're very very warm on the ballpark. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, you know the uh, Wells Fargo. When I worked for them, that was always one of the big mantras that uh, we talked about a lot uh, when I was at the bank. Was you know in essence the stickiness of the bank and having having our customers have as many services with us as we possibly could because then they were far, far less likely to leave 
you because a of the difficulty and b because you just had so many things going with them that it just it just was way more work to 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 leave than it was to stay and even when the bank went through that horrible uh scandal with all the fraudulent activity that was going on you still had you still just didn't have that much churn. You just didn't really have that many people leave the bank. And there was always kind of an inside joke uh, at Wells Fargo that, you know, people had longer relationships with their banks than they did with their significant others. And, uh, you know, and it's true. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I would have a, a, a customer at my desk talking to me and, you know, they may have gone through, a, you know, a divorce or two or, you know, a string of boyfriends or girlfriends, but they've been with the bank for 26 years, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, that's just the nature of the business, but that's, that's really what, uh, that's really the calling card. Like you said, it's, uh, it's getting, it's getting people into the, the, the ecosystem of the bank, whatever that is, and then offering them other services and things that will make the bank a lot more money. Uh, whether it's through investments, whether it's through, you know, something like a CD or just having money in a savings account or IRA or any of those kinds of things. There's just so many other ways that, you know, the bank can, you know, entice you to try to stay with them. Uh, hopefully it's because of good service and because you're benefiting from all those things. But, you know, that's really where a lot of that came from. So this whole news with this, uh, zero commission thing, um, Andrew and I were kind of talking about this a little off the air. The, the stock market, this is a classic example of some of the things that Andrew and I have talked about in the past. The, the overreaction of Mr. Market to this news was kind of staggering. You know, uh, I believe the, the day that Schwab announced that they were going to go to zero commissions, they dropped like 10% in one day. Uh, Goldman Sachs, I believe, dropped uh, like 8 or 10%. Uh, interactive brokers, 10, 15%, uh, TD Ameritrade dropped 25% in one day hmm. just because of the, of the news of people, like you said, not really understanding the business model and freaking out because they think that that's where these particular houses are making the majority of their money is from the commissions of doing trades. And that's not actually the case. Uh, I was actually reading an article about interactive brokers because I, it kind of piqued my interest when I found out that you know, a company like that, which I had been looking at previously, dropped that much. I, you know, my first thought as a value investor was, hey, how you do it? There, there might be an opportunity here, you know? And uh, uh, to be honest with you, that's the first thing that popped in my, my the, well, no, the second thing was like, sweet, I, I'm not going to have to pay to buy stocks. You know, hey, that's awesome. But the second thought was, well, hey, what can I buy from this? Well, how could I benefit from this opportunity that could have been presented because Mr. Market freaked out and they started, you know, dropping the prices on all these companies. So, you know, I did a little research and I found a couple things that might bear looking further into to get in, get into because I could buy them cheap. So, yeah. Any that maybe particularly stood out as, oh, this stock might be worth a second look or it was like actually it's a good thing to stop drop because this could have a big impact um two that that were uh, are intriguing to me was goldman sachs and the other one was uh interactive brokers 
both of those are companies that I guarantee you that I will be writing more about probably in the next couple of weeks, as well as, you know, seeing if that's something that I would want to invest in personally. Uh, one that I think is going to take a big hit because it's going to take a big hit is TD Ameritrade. Uh, the other two companies have other things going on, like interactive brokers, for example, just real quickly. Uh, the majority, not majority, about over half of their income comes from overseas because they do a lot of business outside of the United States and they have a lot of people trading outside of the United States. Uh, this perk doesn't, it doesn't take them into account. So they're still going to be making money from, from those trades, at least for this point in time that may change, but I don't, I don't, there's doesn't seem to be any indication that will. So, Interactive brokers is not going to take as big of a hit as people think they were going to initially. Uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, they have, uh, they're in essence a bank. And so they have other avenues for revenue outside of this commission free, you know, hit that they could possibly take. And realistically, just by the brief numbers I looked at, Goldman Sachs may lose possibly revenue of one and a half to two percent uh, over the course of the next five to ten years, which in the grand scheme of things they could make up in other ways. So it's not it's not a horrible monstrous hit. Now TD Ameritrade, however, their whole bread and butter is trading in the United States, and so that's where a lot of their income comes from is from the commissions. They they make money other ways, of course, but that's where they're going to take a hit so you know i guess my point of all this is that just by doing a little bit of initial research i was able to figure that out just by looking at that when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source it's why you listen to this podcast when i'm looking to upgrade my wallet i turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products before nerd wallet i'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card worth more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Let's be honest here. Your sex life is important. It helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. But sometimes we struggle to perform. Our life gets in the way. This is where Hims can help. With their convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No more waiting rooms. No more awkward conversations. Just a simple, direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance is needed. 
If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash investing. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash investing. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money. Not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. And you look at the market and they treated it all the same, right? Yep. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they just looked at all of them as like, you know, bad, bad, bad. I mean, it really didn't, it really didn't crater like Wells Fargo or Bank of America or uh, U.S. Bank much, or even some of the smaller banks like you know SunTrust or um, Ally or any of those banks, it really didn't crater them hardly at all because the investment portfolios or their that portion of their business is not as big of a uh, it's not as big of a an engine for them. You know, the a much bigger engine for them is you know loans. You know, that's where they're generating a lot of their income from is from loaning people money to buy cars, homes, whatever it may be. So they didn't really crater, but yeah, the ones that were primarily investment houses took yeah. a big a much, much bigger hit. Fidelity kinda kinda, you know, they have a bank model too. So it's not Schwab is is more of an investment house too. So I mean they took a bigger hit, but you know, those are things that, you know, I'm definitely going to be looking at. Cause like I said, you know, as a value investor, when you see something like this, it's like, Ooh, Hey, <laughs> there might be, there might be something going on here. I'm curious what, what happens to Robin hood from this. That was their yeah. only, I mean, that was, that was our calling card. I mean, that's really the, the biggest thing that they had. That and I guess them. partial shares. Yep. Yeah. But you know, so what I get really excited about, is obviously we we try to teach beginners to just start 
one of the things I think we used to say a lot, and maybe we should keep saying it more, is you know just buy that first stock, even if it's just one share. Get your toes in the water and feel yeah. what it feels like to to really own a stock. Well, guess what? Now you could buy a five dollar stock, a ten dollar stock, and not have to pay four ninety five for it. It's it's free, so you can start that drip process. <laughs> You can start getting that compounding and you don't have to pay the fees involved with that. And so kind of like what people did with Robinhood, where they would take these really small positions and not feel intimidated. Now you can do that and really just start small, build small little pieces of a share here, a share there. And then really there's no downside to that. Not like it was before where uh, if I wanted to buy a $20 stock, I should buy like at least. 10 shares of it right or right. or the transaction fee was going to take such a Big huge hit part out. of that so yeah exactly no this is i mean this will be you know for us quote-unquote peasants <laughs> this is going to be you know a big it's going to make a big impact on, you know, getting people started. And I think I'll be honest with you. I think that's probably one of the drivers behind this because Robin hood has been talking about an IPO and going public for a little while. And I think the big houses were afraid. They were afraid of that. And I think for that very reason, because it would entice, you know, people, especially younger people to start investing. And the more, market share that Robinhood was ta- able to take away from Fidelity, then that would impact their business long-term. And so by doing something like this, this, you know, helps entice, you know, the average person on the street to, you know, Hey, if you want to, you know, what would it be like to own Apple? Well, let's go buy a couple shares and now you can do it and not have to worry about having to pay that, you know, Four ninety five or what eight ninety five or whatever it was with whatever company you're using at the time, you know that would be money that you could use towards that trade, or you could you know go buy a coffee after you bought your first stock, you know, or a glass of wine if you're so inclined. So, uh, you know, there's just so many different ways now that you can go with that, and I think it will help encourage people to start investing, which is what you and I have been talking about for the last two plus years. I remember when I started, I mean, unless you're, I guess, somebody who works in the finance industry, I think the word finance itself can mean a million different things. And you kind of talked about how all these different businesses have such diff- such varying business models that dip their toes in banking or investments or whatever. And so like, as somebody who came in as a beginner and wasn't kind of entrenched in the life kind of a thing, I kind of saw the brokers as just the same and so i'll admit like what drew me to what it was ally but it was trade keen before ally bought them was the fact that the commission was so low mm-hmm. and so i think yep. i think that was their big their calling big, card yeah it's and it, and it became like a race to the bottom and now you kind of see what can happen with a race to the bottom is it can hit rock bottom and i think I, that's interesting i didn't know what what you were saying about the ipo that they were thinking of doing that Mm-hmm. Um, and not to like derail the whole conversation, but it's it's interesting. I think to kind of hypothesize about what that IPO could have done for Robinhood and and if it could have helped it uh, gain market share. Because uh, I know you read Vitaly's 
thing about Tesla, right? About oh, yes. How he is, how the company's been able to fund it. Hey, you. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. And I think before we sign off, I think I would like to kind of hit on that a little bit. The sheer... We, we talk about Tesla all the time and, and how negative we are about it. And it's because they, they hemorrhage money. They're just, they have a business model that just burns cash. It's, it's so clear and it doesn't matter how you kind of slice it up. It's, you look at the financials and if you understand that, then you can see that they are not very good at making a profit and haven't been for so long. But it's like, well, how is a business who can't make a profit? How are they able to stay? so long in business and kind of going back to what we talked about way back in back our back to the basic series in the 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 40s i think it was like 40 41 42 something like that um it kind of goes back to the power of kind of tapping the stock market and using that for capital so i read what vitaly was talking about with how um, Elon has been such a master marketer and and the way that essentially they've been able to fund all these losses is through a lot of the stock dilution that has happened. And so when you have like a, an IPO is like an easy example of it because you're literally putting the company up and they're up for sale and then investors can come in and, and they each buy their own little piece of the business and then obviously um, the person selling gets that capital, right? So with a business, when they are diluting shares, they're um, increasing the amount of shares that are out there and they're bringing in cash for that. And so I was like really curious after reading what Vitaly said, and I plugged into a spreadsheet and I was kind of adding up. It wasn't exactly precise, but you know, around where was the market cap at this time around what what were their shares and then as the year has gone on and and you can see if you track over multiple years in in tesla's history you can see how their their market cap has gone up obviously because they were super popular in the stock market but also at the same time they've had not like a huge amount of dilution but like a decent amount where it's like okay this is kind of significant and so they've really been able to paper over a lot of those losses based on the fact that their stock is so popular. And I just, the fact that it's gone on for so long, I don't know if, if history has set a precedent for, for that having been able to continue for so long. And what I kind of took out of that with what Vitaly said, and I'm not doing his piece justice. And if we can link to it, I don't know if he posts online. I saw it in the, in one of the daily emails, but it, it will be interesting to see like if they can keep that high valuation and, and keep the the momentum behind the Tesla stock going, then once they do hit profitability that like and actually made it to scale where they can be profitable, then it could have been like I don't want to say like a heist, but just an amazing feat of literally <laughs> throwing so much cash into a fire and yet being able to survive it because of the craziness of the market. And I don't know if any other company has, has done something as extraordinary. I wouldn't think so. I mean, thinking back on the history of, you know, 
of the stock market, I, I can't think of any company off the top of my head that has been able to, you know, like you said, hemorrhage money for this long and still stay viable. Uh, it's, it's kind of remarkable, actually. I mean, it's, you know, it, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's a testament of the, uh, as Vitaly called it, the cult. It's, it's a testament to the cult that Elon has built around him for the believers in the company. And it, you know, Vitaly mentioned several times in his article that there were not a lot of, um, how did, how did he put it? There weren't a lot of middle feelings about it. You were either for the company or against the company. You were bears and bulls, and there wasn't a lot in between. Uh, and I think he's right about that. And it's it's a very polarizing company. And the fact that it's been able to maintain its you know market advantage, if you will, for so long is you know like like he said, it's, it really is a testament to Elon's cult ability and his ability to you know keep keep the company going after all these years because you and i try to think about that on our personal note you know how how long would our debtors allow us to keep going without paying them back whether it's for a mortgage or a loan car loan food i mean if you try to go to the grocery store and buy food without money they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna send you they're gonna send you away uh it's just not gonna happen so i mean that's in essence kind of what's going on with the company and it's it's still it's still hanging in there it's pretty amazing yeah i mean obviously it's it's a complicated situation i don't want it i don't want to make it sound like i'm saying it's it's as simple as this uh, when in reality it's not, but like if you take the shares and kind of look at how they've done it from year to year to year, like 2012 they grew shares like seven six point nine percent. 2013 it was like eleven. You go to 2016 it was twelve percent. 2017 it was fourteen percent. So you know not like huge dilutions, but significant dilutions kind of spread out. And when they had market caps in the multi-billions right um 18 billion 20 billion 30 billion 31 billion the math isn't as simple as that i'm sure when you actually get down to how dilution of shares and how that affects cash flows and everything but Mm. just just back of the napkin math you start to see wow okay (laughs) this is how it was able to be done and so kind of circling back to the robin hood thing um, obviously, an IPO is a little bit different because the founders are cashing out and then you have public ownership. But kind of to your point, and these maybe brokers being scared of what that could have done. And, and if if Robinhood could have IPO, then if they could have got this momentum and then you had Wall Street craziness for whatever reason become fans of the stock and then what that could potentially do to that industry maybe that has a big factor towards why we have seen this cascading of really great news in my book um but definitely i I just i don't see how you go back from this when you race down like how can you be the broker to say you know everybody's free now uh we're losing money and we need to charge you two dollars (laughs) unless they somehow make the switching costs so terribly inconvenient i just don't see how that can happen yeah i i would i would agree with you 
wholeheartedly. I just think once you, once you go down that path and you go to the zero mark, you just, how, how can you really go back up? Uh, I, I just can't see it. Uh, one of the things that I think as we're talking about this to keep in mind, when you're thinking about possibly investing in these kinds of companies, one of the things that you're going to want to do is look and see, you know, where are these companies making their money from? Is it coming from the commissions or if it's coming from something else? And uh, I'll relay uh, comments that I heard a lot when I worked at at the bank. Uh, People would come in and be really upset about order charges or fees that they got charged on their on their checkings or savings accounts and i understood the frustrations and i, I you know I, I felt for them i really did and i knew it was frustrating and you know we had to deal with it on a daily basis but you would hear comments from people from time to time about you know can't believe the bank is doing this and they're you know they're making all their money for me and that kind of thing and it, when i first started working for wells i i I admit I didn't really know enough about kind of how the bank made money. And so I kind of sort of agreed with them, honestly. But then once I started working for the bank and I started kind of getting into the whole investing thing and talking to uh, the different people that worked at the bank and started investigating the financials of Wells Fargo, I came to the very quick realization that that, in fact, was not the case, that they did make some money from it, but the majority of the income was made from loans, making, you know, making loans to people and the spreads that they would make on the money they borrow versus the money they loan out. And that's really where the income comes from. And the majority of the banks, that's how they make their money. And so it was really interesting to kind of delve into that and discover that. And those are, those are some little tidbits as you're starting to possibly invest or look at a Goldman Sachs just because I said something about it doesn't mean you should go out and buy it. You should do your own research and, and discover it. If you have questions, let me know. I'll try to my best to help you. But, uh, I, you know, I think you just need to, to understand the different business models. And that's, that's one of the things I wanted to, I guess I wanted to kind of point out about how Mr. Market reacts and overreacts to the dues and, just looking at the whole picture as opposed to just going, Oh my God, you know, this is, you know, the, they're going to lose all their money. The, how are they going to make any money now? Well, they have, they have other, you know, you got to remember the people that are running these businesses by and large are very, very intelligent people. And they're not just going to make knee jerk, stupid, quick reactions just because somebody else is doing something. They, they all had these contingencies already thought out and planned out. And when Schwab pulled the trigger and made the big news splash, then everybody else already had, that's how they were able to react to these so quickly because they'd already gone through this. They already knew that this was a very real possibility and they had contingency plans to enact all this to make it happen quickly. So that's all I got to say. That's that's a great point. And I think kind of, confirms everything we try to teach and really there's a lot of power in knowing how to look at stocks the right way and and how to interpret things versus having a market focused kind of approach and really feeling the ups and downs from that yeah exactly i think one other thing that why i'm kind of thinking about this one other thing that i i guess i wanted to illustrate is when you're thinking about the stock market or you're wanting to invest and you're wanting to learn more about it and stuff, by and large, it's okay to watch the news and it's okay to 
watch, you know, Bloomberg TV or CNBC or any of those kinds of things, but don't have it on, you know, six hours of reruns. You'll drive yourself nuts and you'll get, you'll get influenced unfairly by the hype and the enthusiasm that the people on TV are broadcasting to you because that's their job is to get us excited and make us to want to come back and watch them more and more and more. And it's okay to watch half an hour of, you know, a financial news report and just kind of get an overview of what's going on or reading something from seeking alpha or going on Twitter and reading some of the fin twit stuff that some of those guys are talking about just to kind of get a flavor for it, but then ignore it. You know, for the rest of it, just, it's not, it's not worth it. And it'll drive yourself crazy and you'll get so excited or so bummed that you'll overreact and, and make a, a snap decision as opposed to trying to make it an educated, informed decision. And if you make an educated, informed decision and you feel like it's right, then hey, go for it. But if you're reacting on your emotions, then generally that's going to be where you could really burn yourself. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion for tonight. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about zero commissions and all the ramifications and ins and outs of that and how Mr. Market can really play a number on things if you if things go the way you don't want. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 